Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Derek, for the, the signal there. Thank you, uh, Jenny and Ali, for leading us in worship. Thank you uh, very much to everyone joining us at home uh, right now. Thank you to everyone in the hall here who uh, got here at varying times, starting at 8 o'clock to set up all of the gear and to enable us to begin to move back towards having a physical gathering. Um, we, we really feel it's, it's appropriate and right to begin to move towards all gathering all together again. We know that we can't until uh, June the 27th at the very earliest, and even then we may not all be able to return or feel safe to return, but we feel it's right to, uh, to begin to move towards that. And so we will, starting next week, have uh, some physical uh, gathering here in the hall as we continue to live stream to everyone at home. And in this season, lots of people have fed back to me that they are not necessarily always watching at 10.30 on a Sunday morning, but they are choosing rather to participate in the service at a time that uh, suits them best, and 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning isn't always that time. But I want to encourage you to increasingly make an effort to join us at 10.30 on a Sunday morning because the goal for all of us is that we will be here all together again in the future and it will be a smaller step from being at home to being here in the hall physically with everyone else if you're already in the habit of doing that at 10.30 at home uh, as opposed to Tuesday evening with your ironing. So please do uh, make a point of trying to join us at 10.30 on a Sunday morning. Um, your, your, your presence is an encouragement to people uh, at home uh, as we comment on the uh, stream together and say hello to one another, we're, we're an encouragement to one another, but also, as I say, it makes that step to coming back a little bit easier. I believe that um, another reason it's important that you join us live at 10.30 on a Sunday morning is because I think we're increasingly going to see, especially as we uh, have a part physical gathering, that we're going to see God beginning to lead us to reflect on the year uh, that we've had this time that we are going through and have gone through and I think he's going to be leading us into the next season and so I think it's important that you are able to take part with us in all of those uh, things because I think one of the things we're going to see is that as we bring spiritual gifts as we step out and as we share what God lays on our heart whether that's a prophetic word or a bible reading or a or a psalm or whatever it is that, that those are going to be one of the ways that God leads us uh, out of this season and into the next and how he shepherds us through uh, dealing with everything that we've gone through. And I want us all not just to hear that, but also to take part in that. And if you're watching on a Tuesday night when you're doing your ironing, you're going to be more likely to skip those parts and to, uh, and to, to, you know, to sort of take part in some of the other things. I don't want you to miss anything in this next season. Everything that we do together, especially as we come together on a Sunday, is going to be something that God uses to lead us through. So please make sure that you try to attend at, at 10.30. And, and also, please do make sure that you try to attend physically if you can. If it's, a, if it's safe and appropriate for you to do so, then please do so. On the topic of hearing from God, I just want to take a moment to thank Yvonne Tan for... Uh, organizing the prophetic course that we did in partnership with Beulah Family Church. I think there are about 20 members of Jubilee and a, and a smaller number from Beulah Family Church. It was led by David Shadbolt from Hope Church in Bromley. Uh, and over 10 weeks, we did five sessions with David 
and it was a fantastic course. It was great to be stirred in that gift that the Bible tells us to especially desire to uh, pursue, and it was uh, great to, um, to get to know some other members of Beulah. So thank you very much, everybody, for attending and for doing that. Um, for those of you who are on the course, next week there's going to be a microphone just down there, um, and you're going to be able to share... Uh, what God lays on your heart. You're going to be able to encourage and strengthen and comfort uh, the body of Christ here at Selsden Hall. Um, so do come uh, expecting to hear from God and to share what he lays on your heart. You didn't do that course just to prophesy on that course. You did that course so that you could use that gift that God gives his church to strengthen his church can be exercised here as we come together to strengthen us. Cool. Are we all okay, guys? Are we all okay? It's sounding really boomy up here. Is it all all right? Good. Okay. Anyway, great. We, we, we needed a dry run today, and, um, and it's, it's great to be here, but I'm talking to a half-empty hall with a few people scattered around, and they're all really busy doing jobs. Um, so, yeah. On to today's message. Today is Palm Sunday. Um, it's the beginning of Holy Week or Passion Week. And, um, and I'm not someone who has, uh, has kind of observed these events in the church calendar uh, that much until we came here. I remember the first Easter I had at Croydon Jubilee Church, and Paul Barrett shouted out, he is risen, and, uh, and everyone responded, he's risen indeed. I was like, what? What? what's going on? What are these people doing? And, I, and it was new to, it was totally new to me. And so it's, it's, uh, it's been great to kind of get into the, the habit of, of really valuing uh, all of the events in the church calendar and all of Holy Week. I, I don't think the churches that I've previously been a member of uh, observed much outside of Easter weekend and Christmas. And, and it's great today to uh, be able to speak to you on Palm Sunday. And after two years of asking other people to speak at Easter, I get to speak to you next week as well. And I can't wait for next week because I'm looking forward to bringing uh, a really positive message to you, sharing the good news of, of our risen King. Um, because last week I brought a bit of a challenge to us. Uh, and this week, although I'm going to be talking about the fact that our King has arrived, he has entered, uh, he is, you know, he, he is, he, we're seeing the beginning of, of, of a great week. Um, I've, the, the message I felt God lay on my heart is quite a somber one. So I want to encourage you to take a big sip of your tea at home, get comfortable, because we're in for a slightly bumpy ride today, but next week is going to be plain sailing. It's going to be soaring on wings like eagles. It's going to be great. So, yeah, I'm going to read a, a short passage to you, in fact, just one verse from the book of Zechariah. And this is Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. It says this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. That is Zechariah 9 verse 9. Uh, the uh, the Old Testament prophecy that the events of the first Palm Sunday fulfilled Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey. And the people of Israel would have known so well 
that these events were fulfilling that prophecy. They have been awaiting their Messiah for a very long time. The people of Israel in their history had known exile, they'd known defeat in war, and at the time of Jesus' life and ministry, they are occupied by a foreign nation. And you get the feeling, when, when you look at the Gospel accounts, when you see how much of the Gospel accounts are taken up by this single week in Jesus' life, you really get a feeling for uh, the, 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 the climax of Jesus' life and ministry happening now. You know, things are reaching a fever pitch, and we see that in the events of today. What I felt God lay on my heart today uh, is, I, I know it's true of me, it's, it's something that God's been leading me to uh, kind of reflect on and stay in, uh, but I think, it, I think it might be true for, for more than just me and perhaps for us as a congregation, but you need to make a decision, is, is I wonder whether we, whether we truly get the significance of, of this holy week for us, and I'll be explaining why I wonder that. Uh, a bit later. And the question I want to ask you today, and I don't want you to answer this quickly, I want to encourage you to take not just today as I speak or today as you are at home, but take this holy week to consider this. My question to you today is which roads are you on? Which roads are you on? And I hope that will make sense soon, uh, but I want to uh, start by reading Matthew chapter 21 and verses 1 to 11. These are the, uh, the, the, the events of Palm Sunday uh, in Matthew's Gospel. As Jesus entered, oh sorry, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Praise God in the highest heavens! The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the, the crowd replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. It's a beautiful scene. We, we know it well, don't we? There's, there's nothing new I can say to you about it today that you haven't heard before. We know that Jesus here, whereas previously he has told people to not say who he is, where previously he has asked for there not to be a fuss, he has, he, has, he has quietened them down, now he is deliberately acting in fulfillment of prophecy. Now he is referring to himself as Lord. He, is, he, is, he knows what's happening. 
You know, he knows what's going on as he enters Jerusalem, proclaiming himself to be the Lord. He knows what has happened to every prophet before him who has entered Jerusalem. He's had a few scrapes in Jerusalem already when celebrating the Passover and has only just escaped with his life. He knows what is going to happen. But the people don't, they don't know how it's going to happen, do they? They think that their triumphant king is arriving, that he's going to restore all of their fortunes, that they will see very soon, and, and then in the physical, they, f- they felt that they were going to see freedom from you know, Roman occupation, freedom, freedom from war, and all of those things that have troubled them in the past. And it's so good that they recognized him as king as he arrived. You know, he was about to win a a history-changing victory, but the irony of the way it was going to happen is is lost on them. And here's the thing that's grieved me as, as I prepared for this sermon. Almost every single person who laid down their cloak or who laid a palm branch on the floor before Jesus and who sang... Hosanna, save us God, every single one of them who did that on Palm Sunday abandoned him on Good Friday. Very few people were left, we read in in the Gospel accounts. Some watched from a distance. Many women, blokes, I'm sorry to say, we didn't do so well. Many women watched. They were nearby. But by and large, Jesus walked that road entirely alone. This road he walked being given great praise. How much do we need Jesus? You know, we, we, we would have abandoned him on that road to the cross. We would have. We could never walk that road. Jesus had to walk that road alone for us. Our sin sent him there. He did it willingly in love for us. How much do we need him? If it weren't for him, we would still be separated from God, destined to an eternity of pain and anguish, unable to enter into his presence and know his love and know his joy and know his peace. And I'm grieving because I know this is me. I'm grieving because I know there are times where I cheer on the road into Jerusalem as Jesus enters the triumphant king. I know there are times when I cheer for him, but I equally know that there are times in my life where on the road to the cross I abandon him. When following him is costly, I abandon him. I walk a road of my own making. And I'm not, I'm genuinely, I'm not telling you to feel like me this morning. This is, this is something that I felt God leading me in, not just in preparation for this sermon, but a lot recently. And I think that it's part of how God would lead me and I think perhaps would lead us to prepare for the next season that we're going to go into. I feel as though God is calling me to, to consider those places where I am prone to leave him and to walk a road of my own making, where I'm prone to forget that I would have abandoned him and remember that I would sing his praises and lay branches and my cloak down at his feet. 
but you all know I'm, a, I'm an emotional person. My emotions are close to the surface. Yours might not be, and that's okay. But I want to encourage you to consider this week, which roads are you on? Which road are you on? We've been saying uh, that we want to be a people who encounter God and who impact the world. You know, I think that if we, uh, if we will consider which roads that we are on, that we will encounter God more powerfully. I think that we will encounter God more frequently. We're, we're good moral people, aren't we? At Croydon Jubilee Church. We're good moral people. You know, there are no murderers among us, as far as I know. You know, we're good people. Except the Bible says that no one is good. Not one. No one seeks God. No one is righteous. No one understands. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we can rejoice as God's people, not because we praised him on the road into Jerusalem, but because despite the fact that we abandoned him on the road to the cross, that he died for us anyway and he loves us all the same. So whether we succeed or fail, we can encounter God, we can know his love for us, and we can know that he has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And all of us know this, don't we? All of us know that we are saved by grace through faith, that it's not our own doing, not by works so that no one can boast. We know this. But you know, it's my, it's my experience, it's my belief that it is a far less common thing for it to be our lived experience. And I'll explain. I know there are times in my life when things are going well, and it feels as though God is right next to me. It feels as though we're taking every step together and I feel absolutely amazing. I know that there are times when things are not growing great, when I'm tired or I'm feeling low or I've messed up and it feels as though God is a million miles away and couldn't possibly love me. But we can live with the assurance that he's with us we can live with the assurance that even though we would have abandoned him on the road to the cross, that he loves us. That even though we often walk down roads of our own making, that he still loves us. That he is still the triumphant king who has come. That we celebrate him today as the king of kings and lord of lords. You know, because Jesus went to be with the Father, the Holy Spirit came and lives in us so we can be victorious every day. Whereas before Jesus' death, we could never have walked the road to the cross with him. Now, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. And every day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can. It's amazing. And I want to tell you, Croydon Jubilee Church, and to anyone watching at home, don't hide or minimise your sin. Don't hide or minimise your failures. In 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote that God's grace is sufficient for us because his power is made perfect in our weakness. And so we can do what Paul said he did and we can boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses so that the power of Christ may be shown. 
can rest on us, it says. He said that's why he delights in insults and hardships and weaknesses and persecutions because when he is weak, then he is strong. I also think that we will in impact our world more powerfully if, if we will consider which roads we are on. As long as we ourselves are strong, and as long as we only see ourselves on the road to Jerusalem and don't see ourselves abandoning God on the road to the cross, we won't feel any need to lean into God to rely on his strength. And we need his strength. We need to lean into him. But more importantly than that, if we, if we think we are strong, if we imagine that we, uh, that we who would have walked the road into Jerusalem with him didn't abandon him on the road to the cross, we will think that people like us are all right and we won't think that they really need Jesus. You know, people like me who don't know Jesus, you know, they're nothing like me. By, by faith, I've crossed a chasm that they can never cross unless they will turn from living life for themselves to living life for God and to living for Him. It doesn't matter how much we enjoy their company around a dinner table or how good we think they are, they are, unless they turn to him, are destined to an eternity without him. If we, if we will be a people who know this is true, we will encounter God when things are going badly as well as when things are going well. That that, what I think is, many of our lived experience, that when things are going badly, we feel as though we're further from God. If we can live knowing that, even when, actually, when things are going badly, that is when I'm closest to God. That is when he cares for me most. We will be able to be a, a greater source of hope to people, because if we will live like that, if we will be people who encounter God in the difficult things as well as in the good things, then we will be people who, for example, if we struggle with unforgiveness, we will let God meet with us in that place where we are, where we're struggling to forgive, where it's having an impact on our emotional life, our spiritual life, perhaps even our physical life. We will allow God to lead us through those times because we won't hide that from him, and he will lead us, and then we will be able to say to people, do you know, there was a time in my life when I was struggling with unforgiveness, and I couldn't let go of it, and it was eating me up. It was affecting my relationships. It was affecting my physical health. It was affecting me in so many ways. And God did this. This is how God led me through. So I hear you now. You're talking about you're struggling with unforgiveness. Let me tell you what God said to me in those times. And we will, we will experience God's power in our lives in wonderful ways and I believe that we will see God using us in wonderful ways. My feeling is that too often we ignore or, or we minimise our failings, we minimise our weaknesses, we, we ignore them. We think, no, we, I'm a, I would have put my cloak down on the road into Jerusalem. 
And we forget that we would have abandoned him on the road to the cross. We, we forget that we often walk roads of our own making. I think if we, will, if we will remember that Jesus walked that road for us on Good Friday alone, he had to walk it alone because we would never walk it with him. And because he walked it alone, now we can walk it with him. We couldn't before, now we can. Once we were separated from God, now he's with us. And so I want to ask you, which roads do you think you're on? And I want to ask you, take this week to consider it. Are you on a road of your own making because following Jesus is costly and inconvenient? Are you, are you on the road to the cross with Jesus? Are you picking up your cross and following him every day? Or are you on the road into Jerusalem not knowing whether you will abandon him in just a few days' time or not? I want to pray and then, uh, and then the service is going to end and we're all going to disappear from your screens uh, and we might hopefully join you on Zoom. This is, we call it Holy Week. Let's reflect this week. Let's really take stock of where we are, not to, not to stir ourselves up into a frenzy of work and effort, but to greater take stock of what Jesus has done that he wants us to come to him in our weakness and failing as much as when we come to him when things are great. Father, I thank you that you sent your son. Jesus, I thank you that you entered Jerusalem in fulfillment of prophecy, triumphantly, our King of kings and Lord of lords. I thank you that although we would have abandoned you on the road to the cross, that you died for us anyway. You love us deeply. Nothing can separate us from your love. I thank you, Jesus, that you told us all to come to you if we are weary and heavy laden, and you said that you would give us rest. You said that you would teach us your ways because you are gentle And Lord, we remember you coming humbly and on a donkey. Would you fill us with your spirit this week? Lord, would you reveal to us the places where we are prone to leave you because it's hard or inconvenient? And by your spirit, would you strengthen us? Lord, would you stir in us greater affection for you, a greater desire to worship you, to be faithful to you because you are so faithful to us. And Lord, most of all, I pray, would you cause us to know that your feelings of love for us are never changed. Whether we're doing well or whether we're doing badly, we can enter your presence confidently, knowing that you care, knowing that you will never leave us or forsake us. So have your way in us this week. Lord, we celebrate you. We love you. Be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, I will see you soon.